This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. You're listening to episode 67 of the No Guilt Mom podcast. And if you have ever felt like you have way too much to do in your home and you need a way to get your partner on board to contribute a little more equitably, this is the episode for you. We have three ways to start talking to your spouse about taking on more in the house. So now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fantastically wonderful, wonderful co-host, Brie Tucker. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. How are you? I went into like a little wicked. It's <laughs> wonderful. Have you heard that song? Uh, wonderful. They call me wonderful. Yes. It's the worst. It's, the <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> No, any Wicked fan will tell you. Well, actually, maybe I'll get a little bit of like pushback here, but like the wizard character in Wicked is totally undeveloped and not the best thing about the show at all. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, probably not. Like that wasn't something that I overly remember. I, I saw Wicked like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like I just remember it was pre-pandemic. Okay. <laughs> at this point. 
I'm a huge, huge Wicked fan. Like we went to go see Adina in Wicked in London in like 2005. Oh my God, I'm so jealous it, right now. It went back way, way far, the, this whole Wicked love. So uh-huh. oh, <laughs> Wicked Lord. love. Okay, and it's funny you say that because as soon as you started saying wonderful, yeah. I went back to my, you know, because I was in the show choir back when oh, I was in high school. Like Glee? Like Glee. Oh my gosh, we didn't have one of and, those. I'm and jealous. so you brought me back to, it's wonderful, it's marvelous, da 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 yeah, <laughs> like when I saw Glee, I'm like, these things exist because we didn't have that at my high school. So ours wasn't as performance oriented, like glamour show mm-hmm. as Glee was. But yeah. yeah, we had it was a jazz show choir. So I had oh, I'll, I'll show it to you. One day. Oh, yeah. We I need- had sequins. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, in my colors of my video. school. Oh, my God. <laughs> And the colors of my school were blue on blue. So I uh-huh. had like royal blue sequins oh. and the red sheer puffy sleeves because it was back in the 90s. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll share. And oh, you'll laugh. That'll be fun. Oh, yes. Brie <laughs> has so many wonderful things back from high school that I'm surprised I survived. Oh, man. Good times. I don't have anything nearly as embarrassing from high school. I'm like trying to think. But you in high school, I just wore a lot of jeans and sweatshirts and there were no like fantastic costumes. And I was in theater too. I do have me in a toga for one Greek like play I did. But I was Elizabeth Proctor too in the Crucible. But that was pretty like buttoned up and 1800s. Okay, okay I'm going to throw this out there. For those who really want to know the Brie Vault. Yeah. I was in marching band. Oh, nice. I was in flag corps. <laughs> and I was in show choir and pep band. Oh, wow. I, I, so I have, I have lots of embarrassing pictures from high school. Like, oh. And people, and I love my friends, for those that are listening. But man, y'all got to stop posting that stuff on social media. I have worked hard to not have those pictures of me in a band uniform pop up. And yet they keep coming up. I've never seen them. You must people, do a good job of like not I, allowing I, them on your timeline. I don't. I have to approve all <laughs> pictures. But if you dig deep enough, occasionally I will let one pop up there. I, I'll have to bring, we'll have to have a day where we come in and like share our, our high school pictures. Yeah. I look the same, like same hair, same everything. I oh. really have not changed. Oh, no. I had the whole like dark brick colored lipstick, oh. like black eyebrows, like really dark hair. And it was super short, like. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That is a big change. Oh, yeah. I have changed a lot. That's funny. <laughs> Now I need to see these pictures. Now I need to see them. Oh, it's a good thing that, that you're a bestie, that I know that I'll survive this. You will survive. You will, will survive. survive. But, yes. you know, we change a lot. That's yes. the point of this. Like, we go through a lot of changes in our lives. We do. And internal changes more. Like, I would say emotionally, like, inside, I'm much different than I was in high school. Like, I'm much more confident now. I'm much more aware of, like, my own abilities. That has changed. But physically, I don't think I... I mean, I'll show you pictures. I don't think I've changed that oh, much. Oh, I've seen pictures of when you and Josh first started dating oh, yeah. in college and yeah you just you look the, the same we're the sparkly vampires we always get <laughs> I don't understand it like we're I like don't... the non-aging like and then that cracks me up because then yet like I'll pull out my wedding album from my past marriage and my kids will be like mom why does dad look the same and you look so much older and I'm oh. like because mom was married to dad <laughs> It aged mommy. (laughs) That kind of brings us to the topic of today's episode. It does. (laughs) So I was, I was like perusing Facebook and I found this one post in a parenting group 
And a mom asked other moms like something that they do that makes their lives easier. And the example she gave was making her husband's lunch the night before so that he wouldn't wake her up in the morning. And I looked at this and I'm like, what is this? And I screenshotted it and I texted it to Brie. And I'm like, Brie, does this happen? And Brie says, uh, yes. 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 That was my life for like 15 years. That's so yes. like crazy to me that that's like it happens. <sighs> you and know, I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't maybe it's not crazy to me because I do hear it a lot from people. So I wouldn't say that. I would just say like that it's something that you look at and it's it's a common thing. Of course, I would make my husband's lunch the night before so he wouldn't wake me up instead of being like, what is he doing waking me up to make his lunch? Like, can't he make his own lunch? That is a very good point, right? And you brought it up to your husband and he was like, there is something wrong if you're a grown adult and you don't know how to make your own lunch. Yeah, and I and I did scroll through the comments <laughs> and there were a lot of people who are like, yeah, next time he tries that, just slap him. When <laughs> I know. And I think, I think it brings up a really good point about expectations and mm-hmm. relationships and communication styles for sure. Yes. So to kind of like give like a little bit of background on my story. So in my first marriage, it was just kind of, I had this thought in my head and I don't know, I think it kind of came from like my my parents because we all mm-hmm. kind of get something from our, our parents' relationship. And in my parents' relationship, they would do things for each other. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, it just, again, it, it would be like, okay, my dad would go and fill my mom's car with gas. Yeah. And he would like bring her, like she loved Diet Coke and he'd bring her like her favorite diet cherry Coke mm-hmm. to work like occasionally if he got off early like that was like that his thing that he would do nice things for her and the same for my mom she would do kind things for my dad so I guess I just kind of assumed that that was how you did things so when I was in my relationship like my ex was like you know it's important to me that you get up in the morning and you make my coffee fresh and you make my lunch fresh for me that's important to me so, so you you thought it was like Something that, you know, he was just requesting something nice to do that would make him feel important. Right. And so like when I first started doing it Mm -hmm. before we were married, but we were living together, I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. This is a way that I'm going to show you that I care for you. And you're going to do the same thing back. Yeah, he never did. He never did it. No, he didn't do it back. We would have conversations about it. And I think it kind of comes, but you know what? The conversations were limited. Yeah. Because again, it wasn't a relationship where we, I didn't have a voice. And I didn't stand up for myself in that voice. It wasn't very much of a of a give and take kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's important to go through these things because you learn. Yeah. And now I know different. Yeah. And I'm and I'm much more assertive for myself. And I'm very open on communication. And I think that's been a, a cornerstone of my current relationship that I'm in. Of like that you talk about things and and you have these conversations. And it was just one of those things where I I kept thinking that if I just kept doing something enough that this person would just pick up on it and start doing it. I think that's totally common. It is. And so I think that's that's a good point. Like a lot of us feel like if we just keep sacrificing, if we just keep modeling, Mm -hmm. the other person is going to do it. Yeah. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain 
medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Bree here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick Trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Yeah. And like it's that expectation too. So, like the way my parents interacted was I did, I saw my mom do everything. I saw her do everything. Like she worked a full time job and then she came home and she made dinner and she took care of the kids. And like my dad, my dad's great. It's not right. like he was mean about it or anything like that. And he's always like, oh, thank you and thank you and thank you. Yeah, he was, he was thankful for it. He was thankful for it. But my mom's like, why don't you help me? Why do I always have to tell you what to do? And he's like, I just don't know what to do. Like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. So I always saw that growing up and it never quite got resolved. And like, I could tell how tired my mom was. I mm-hmm. could tell how how it affected her that like no one was stepping up to help her. And I saw that as a kid, but as a kid, I wasn't quite emotionally aware enough of like, oh, I should help my mom or like, I just... I saw it as the way things were. Well, because also she never 
point blank said, come and help me out, right? Yeah, or maybe she said it and I pushed back. Oh, maybe, as a kid. And then it wasn't said again. Right, because that is hurtful. Like, you're being vulnerable as you're a parent. Bu- yeah, and then your kids are like, I don't want to. I, I mean, oh, I did it. I, I totally know I did it. My yeah. my parents tried to get me to wash the dishes, and every time I'd be like, I don't want to wash the dishes. And then I would do, like, the worst job ever of washing the dishes. And so, of course, the conclusion they came to was it's much easier to do this ourselves. And then let me also just kind of ask you this, because mm-hmm. I'm hearing you say these things, and it's bringing up emotions with me. Yeah. So as a kid... When you were pushing back and doing a crappy job, because let's be honest, we all did it. Yeah, I did it too. I mm-hmm. had chores I had to do that. I did a crappy job hoping my parents would stop asking me. But in yeah. my case, they normally would just be like, <laughs> yeah, do it again. Yeah. Didn't work that well for me. But anyways, <laughs> my point being is I wasn't saying I didn't like my parents or I didn't love them. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do the chore. I just didn't want to do the right? dishes. Yeah. But now in my role as a parent, if my kid does a crappy job or fights me on something, and I ask them to do it and they're like, oh, I just don't want to. For some reason in my head, there's that little voice that's that just, it's back there. It's not, you know, the forefront, but it's back there. And it's like, oh, my kids don't love me because they won't help me and they're not doing what I ask. And it's not true. Right? And I know I, it's not true, and but I, yet you hear it. I do know that talking to my mom now, that is the internal dialogue that was going on in her head. Oh. Because she brought up to me just this past weekend, she's like, oh, well, because we had this thing where I wanted to cook in the kitchen. I found this like, kids cookbook and I went to my dad and I'm like dad like I want to cook this and I think my mom was at work at the time and he told me he's like no it's your mother's kitchen you can't go in there I remember you telling me that and um (laughs) so I didn't get to cook as much as I want to and my mom heard this and she's like now I know the reason that you didn't help me and my daughters didn't help me is because dad was saying these things and I'm like well, and he wasn't doing it to be mean. Yeah, he, he genuinely thought he was respecting your mom's boundaries. He did. <laughs> he did. It was a whole miscommunication. And it was something that could have been avoided just by knowing that there's these different communication styles and knowing that, you know, just because somebody doesn't do it the first time, it doesn't mean they don't love you or they don't respect you. But it means like some kind of communication line was crossed there. Right. And I think if we view it in terms of communication, that we can really work through these problems and feel much less overwhelmed and feel much more supported by our families. Not in every situation. I'm not saying in every situation, but as the first line of kind of like inquiry and like trying to solve this problem, I think it's a good one to go for, for the communication. I 100% agree with that. Because again, as I have found my voice more over the past, and my journey is probably, my my journey's still kind of new. I've only been going through this whole like trying to communicate more and be more assertive and, and be more clear in my expectations and what my needs are has been like maybe the past five years. Yeah. So it's only been about five years that I've been doing this, but I have found that I feel so much better and that even when I had these communications with my kids that they are hearing me Mm -hmm. and that I see them being more clear in their communication, which makes my heart happy because the last thing I want is for my kids to go through this The shame that I feel like I went through for so many years of feeling like I wasn't heard, I wasn't appreciated, I wasn't respected. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like a shell, just kind of dealing with things because I kept waiting for the next thing to happen without speaking up for myself. So, I mean, I, I can't say that any of this was 
anyone else's fault but mine. I mean, it was a combination, yes. But I had a big part in it because I wasn't speaking up for what I needed. Mm -hmm. And had I had these skills at an earlier time, I think it would have made a huge difference. And nobody teaches these skills. I know, skills. right? Like, you would think like, oh, we can go into like relationships and just like know what to do because we saw what our parents do. But that's the thing. Like, we saw what our parents do. And we were never taught like this, like how to share our feelings in a way without blame and how to listen to others to find like the exact reasons behind their actions instead right. of like making assumptions. Right. I, I learned how to bring you a Diet Coke. To yeah. show you that I love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love my mom and dad so much. And again, like that's what I learned is that, okay, you show love through doing acts. And that's not how everybody works, right? No. And that's why these skills are so important to talk. So important. And, you know, we did this No Goat Mom survey a few months ago. And the thing that kept coming up over and over again was how overwhelmed moms feel. And like, oh, I, I hear it. And just write, we wrote everything down on these little post-its in our office and they're up on the mirror right now. But it's just over and over again, I feel so overwhelmed. I wish my family would help out more. I don't I'm feel appreciated. Them, yeah, yeah like, I, uh, not expected to do everything myself. I wish my kids would get up and do more around the house. Why are they uh, expecting me to do everything? Why aren't they working and helping? I feel like I'm feeling my child and my family. Oh, see, and that breaks yeah. my heart because I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of like hopelessness of like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. You like sometimes you're just we're so busy in the day to day stuff that we're doing in every role that we have, but especially as moms. We're busy in, in making sure that our kids have everything that they need, that they're getting what they need for school, that they're getting whatever extracurriculars that they need, especially in this case, also what's going on in our current climate, making sure that they're getting their social interactions. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make sure that their mental health needs are being met. We're also trying to make sure that our spouse is doing okay and that our family is doing okay. And then you like kind of look up and you're like standing there by yourself haven't showered in like three days. We have too much on our plates. Right, right. There's too much. And you're just like, how did this happen? So there has to be a way to offload. And like, we hear you guys. And that, like, we have something really exciting coming next week. Next week it comes out. And if you've been following us on email, like, you know about it. It's called Calm and Happy Parenting. It's the first course that No Guilt Mom has created for parents. And I... I'm like, so, like, I'm beaming ear to ear about this because I think it's going to make a difference in so many women's lives. Like it, this process has already made a difference in our members in balance, our coaching program for moms. And I cannot, cannot wait to share it with you. Uh, so make sure you keep a lookout next week. It's April 19th. It starts and it's only available for five days. So just keep a lookout. But right now in this episode, let's talk about what you can do if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like you are taking on all the stuff and how you can start communicating with your partner about how to relieve some of those duties from you. Okay. So the first thing is to be very vulnerable about your feelings in a situation. So I've been married now, gosh, it's 15 years. <laughs> I know you guys have your anniversary. We have anniversary very soon, 15 years. And we've we've had to work through a lot of communication stuff through those 15 years because I was told as a kid, like, oh, if people love you, they just know how to make you happy and know what to do. Right. I don't think that's too, like, that's a pretty common thing thought there uh, right I think a lot of us like think that you just you should just know what I'm thinking yeah 
And like I'm giving well, you the eye, don't you get it? Or don't you know what this don't you know what this look means? Yeah, don't you don't <laughs> you see how unhappy I am and why aren't you doing this? Like I've felt those things. I definitely felt those things. And the thing that helped is just looking at one thing at a time. So for instance, the first thing, the first thing I started with was and it's funny, it goes back to the dishes. Okay. <laughs> Me and the dishes, oh, we have a very hate-hate relationship. I think many of us, <laughs> when it comes to dishes or laundry, I mean, give me a heck yeah out there in podcast land. Yeah. How many of you all, like, one of your pain points is some kind of a chore or housework? Yeah. And, like, this one goes all the way back to my childhood with the dishes. I don't know. It triggers me. <laughs> it just does. So I was here. I was making all the meals. And then I was feeling like I had to clean up after all the meals. And so the first thing that I did was I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm I'm making these meals and then I feel like it's my responsibility to clean up after the meals. Oh, yeah. Been there. Been and there. like I feel hurt. I feel like I'm expected to do everything and it makes me feel like unrespected, you know, and I would just laid it all out there. And it's so hard when you're sharing your feelings like that because I can't say it in a way like you're disrespecting me or you feel I'm not worth it. Like those are blame. Right. And when you get blamed, you tend to like not listen as much. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know I do. You get defensive because you have to yeah. defend yourself because you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I meant. Yeah. At 90% of the time when someone's saying like you da 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 da, 90% of the time that person actually is wrong. Mm-hmm. They're not really getting your motivation. And so yeah. you tend to be defensive. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but if you say your own feelings, if you're just like, I feel unappreciated when I see the dishes piling up on the counter and no one steps in to wash them or take care of them. And so that just started the discussion. And it wasn't a very neat discussion. Like it was a kind of a back and forth about what we both expected. We came to the agreement that whoever cooks dinner, the other one cleans up. I think that sounds really fair. Yes, it's totally fair. It was totally fair. And uh, it's so funny, though, because I hate dishes so much. I am the first one to jump in and I'm like, oh, my dinner. (laughs) I'll do it. I will cook so fast every night. I will cook, yeah. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So um, the first part is, you know, making sure like you'll, you're, you are vulnerable. That's a hard word. You are vulnerable <laughs> with your feelings and not sharing the blame. And you're coming to a mutually agreeable solution. Right. I think the vulnerable is is that key there. A lot of us, like no matter how long we've been in a relationship with somebody, and that relationship also includes our kids, mm-hmm. it's scary to put yourself out there because that answer that could be coming back is a, I don't care. Yeah. And ouch, man, if that is not the sharpest knife into a mom's heart, mm-hmm. is like your kid saying, I don't care or so what, which Let's just be honest. Again, as a parent of of teens, that's not an uncommon response to get. No. And no. it doesn't mean that they don't love you. It ju- They just don't get it. They just don't see it as a priority. And the same for your spouse, possibly. I think it's even more like putting yourself in a vulnerable... See, I can't say that word. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. <laughs> if anyone else is messing up that word, no, I'm right there with you. It's harder with your spouse because you're on equal footing with them too. And I hear a lot of friends say that they try to share this with their spouse and their spouse is like, well, you're home all day and I work. 100%. Like again, we're not saying that there's a right or a wrong way to do this stuff. But like, yeah, I was also in a relationship where it was just like, hey, I work the harder job. You're home more you need to be the one that deals with this. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, conceptually in my head, again, when I say very beginning, I mean like before I was married, before I had kids. Because let me just say this. Who was a perfect parent before they had kids, right? <laughs> yeah, you knew everything. Who knew everything. exactly what they wanted to, like knew exactly what they wanted their life to be like when yeah. they were in their like early to mid 20s, maybe even late 20s. Like you're like, hey, I know what I want my life to be like. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, wait, this is a lot different than I expected it to be. It's so, so different. So again, yes. In, in my case, because that was one thing that my my spouse would bring up, be like, well, you agreed that you were willing to take on all the house duties and everything and da 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 And I'm like, well, yes, I did. But I didn't know I was going to be working full time and raising two kids. It's just, it's too much. Yeah. So then you have to be able to be open to having that conversation. And also when you're a stay-at-home parent, you don't get off time. Like, it's not right. like your job stops and you get to go home and relax. Everybody thinks that it's like it is on TV. Yeah. And in those funny sitcoms where there are breaks. No, a lot of times there aren't. Like, you're lucky if you get to pee by yourself. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest, guys. It's true. It's right? true. Yeah. But it's 
it's so hard in those conversations, especially when, uh, and the examples that I have seen, it's always, you know, guys, they come and they're like, yeah, well, this is what it was in my house growing up. Like, why can't you handle it? And it's horrible to think that because first of all, if we really want to get into this, I don't know if we do. I don't I just, know if we do. I was sitting I get there with my, my mouth open as yeah. you said that. I was just like, I don't even, I'm speechless on what to say when they say like, well, that's how it was when I was growing up. Don't even. Yeah. Or that I work and you get to stay at home. Well, listen, mister, the reason like you work is because men get like higher pay than women. <laughs> And like, that's just a known thing right now. I mean, we're working for the equal pay right now. I'm just laughing because I'm like, oh, don't even get me started on gender inequality. I can't even. (laughs) I can't even. So when husbands, like when I hear my friend's husbands, like they tell me they say stuff like that. I'm like, "Mm, no, like he needs a little reality check there. But that's a whole other issue. (laughs) We're just going (laughs) to. Yeah. Yeah, he there, there, there's some reality check that needs to go on right there. Uh, because moms, if you're staying at home and you're the stay at home parent and your partner comes home and expects to relax while you are still cooking dinner and doing laundry and putting the kids to bed and bathing the kids. Because your job didn't stop. Be- yeah, because your job didn't start. There needs to be a reality adjustment there for uh, for that partner. <laughs> yes. No, I, I 100% agree with that mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times as women, that guilt Mm-hmm. gets thrown at us so often. So like, oh, yeah. I, we are no guilt mom. But I mean, like one thing that there needs to be a boundary of is that your family should not be throwing that guilt at you. They, yeah. they should not be like, hey, you would, you know, I worked all day. So you should be able to handle this. That's throwing guilt at you. And that's not okay. No, it's not, not okay. okay at all. So if you're in that situation, know that you do not deserve it. You don't. Yes. And that there are relationships where partners contribute equally. It took two people to make the kids. It should take <laughs> two people to take care of the kids. Um, exactly. If that person, if they're home, if you have a partner at home, that should be happening. Yes. So, um, getting off my soapbox now. Uh, <laughs> let me step down. Let click, me click. step down from my soapbox. <laughs> So the last part of uh, this whole process and communication is embracing the messiness of it. Because a lot of times we think we come up with a solution and then, oh, that solution will work out perfectly. And if it doesn't work out perfectly, oh man, it means that this problem's just unsolvable. Right. Or it's like, okay, I said to you my feelings. I was vulnerable. It should be like a magic wand. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. There's going to be messiness as both people kind of adjust to the new expectations you've both set down. For example, Mm -hmm. like with me and my husband in the dishes, those dishes didn't get done right away. They were sitting on the counter for like days. And this was one of our like disagreements because he's like, I will get to them. I promise I get to them. And I would come down in the morning and be like, the dishes are still there. And I'd feel all of the hurt and anxiety again and again. I brought this up with him and uh, we came to the agreement that I just needed to let it go. I needed to let it go. You needed See, to trust him that he would get it done. Is yeah. What he was saying to you, but he had to say that to you. He had to say it to and me. And you had to hear that. Mm-hmm. And that's an important part of the communication process right there is that you, if you're going to be vulnerable and say what you need to say, you mm-hmm. also need to be listening and open to what your partner says back. 
Yeah, because it wouldn't have helped the situation if I would have done the dishes when I see when I saw them, which I did do at first. I'm like, oh, here it goes again. I'm just going to do all these dishes and like, oh, poor me. And like, I really went through all these steps and I felt so resentful and so mad until I realized that, you know what? I just need to let it go. I need to let those sit there and he will take care of them like he promised he would. And he did. He did. And we're at the point now, I don't touch those dishes on the counter. Right. I don't touch them at all unless like he cooked and I will wash the dishes and I'll do a very good job of it. And I will not be spiteful or resentful because we've, you know, we have that agreement. Like, because it's it's fair. You guys did it fair. half and half. And, and I am going to say this. So, so do give them like when you're having this conversation and you're trying this for the first time, give some grace to both of you on getting through this process. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't mean though, because again, coming back to like what we saw posted over the weekend, yeah. I saw another person who posted like, yeah, to that same thread. Yeah, tell me about it. You know, my my husband has said that he would do X, Y, Z every night. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been two weeks. Guess how many times he's done it? Once, once. My big point is like, don't say you'll do it if you're not actually going to do it. Again, that's another example of where they needed to talk. Like, okay, give him some time. He didn't do it. Then come back and say like, I am feeling hurt yeah. that you said you would do this and you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why it can't be done. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like when it comes to when we love somebody, sometimes we we just like shoot out what we think they want to hear, yeah. even though we can't actually do it. So like maybe maybe that husband like bit off more than he could chew. He was like, oh, I can get all the chores done at night. And then like has to come back and be like, all right, I really wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, which is why it's good to keep the communication open. Yes. So keep having that communication. It's hard. It's hard and it's messy and it's supposed to be that way. We recently finished The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, and she said something in that book. And she's like, you could either tell your feelings or eat your feelings. <laughs> yes. And I'm oh like, that is so true. It's so true. Because I was one of those people who ate my feelings instead of like having those hard discussions. I think many of us are. Yes. You know what? Now, though, those hard discussions, I'm like, OK, let's bring it. Right. Because, because yeah, once you get to the point where you've had it. Yeah. It's so much easier. Like, again, like, so it, and then we were just talked about this before this mm-hmm. episode that we're both in two different points in our relationships and and like right now like we're both not in like a early 20s relationship no kids like we're we're in the whole like kids family house all those responsibilities kind of thing but I'm in an early part of my relationship now where we've gotten over the hump of talking mm-hmm. and now like it's so easy yeah it's so easy to have I know I can say and be vulnerable and the person is not going to throw it back at me Mm -hmm. I know I can be vulnerable with my partner and I know my partner can be vulnerable with me and it feels so so freeing because you've gotten over that hump yes yeah so you can offload this work to your partner and to your kids and we want to help support you in doing it so calm and happy parenting launches on monday april 19th and closes on friday april 23rd and we will take you through the entire communication strategy we're going to give you examples we're going to give you prompts this isn't something where you have like tons of checklists to do and things to keep accountable for and prioritize and like keep on top of It's not like that. It is just changing your communication style and it is so effective. Uh, So that's calm and happy parenting. Look for it. And the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for stopping by. 
comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.